The world may be on fire, but there are changemakers that are even more fired up with a commitment to do some serious good. You're listening to People Making Things Better, where we interview folks who you maybe haven't heard of before, but who are having a big impact on today's issues with the environment, equality, human rights, public health, and more. We're not afraid to ask the tough questions about how they're able to do work that the world needs and still get paid for it. Listen in and get inspired because the world needs you in action too. I'm your host, Bert Westfall, and I'm joined by my co-host, Melinda Jackson. Welcome, listeners. I am so excited that you're here. This is the People Making Things Better podcast. I am Melinda, your host. Unfortunately, my co-host, Britt, is not in the studio today, but she will be back next week. So we're excited to bring you some inspiration from some of the most amazing change makers in the world. And I have with me one of those change makers today. This is near and dear to my heart because she is from my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. So I would love to introduce to you guys our guest today from Walls of Love, Miss Holly Jackson. Hi, Holly. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We really want to obviously highlight people that are doing amazing things, but this one feels really special for me because it's local. I've actually been able to be driving around the city and actually see the work that you do. So I love that we've been able to connect and that we can get your work out to our listening audience. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And it's always nice to know that even though we put love out there into the streets, that people actually see it when they're going by and it gives them some feel goods. That's our definite intended purpose. And you are definitely doing it. So before we get too far in, I just want to catch our listeners up and make sure that they know who you are and what it is that you do. As I said, you um, started Walls of Love. Can you explain a little bit about what that is, what you guys do, and, and how you help the community? Sure. So Walls of Love, we are a 501c3 entity. We assist not only the homeless, but those just in need in general with Mm -hmm. daily living items. So we are year round, so they change seasonally. But in the winter, it's warm weather gear, hats, gloves, scarves, hand warmers, things like that. Yeah. We have hygiene year round during the time for back to school. We do back to school supplies for the kids and then mm-hmm. also non-perishable food items, bottled water, things like that. And some occasions we do have some clothing, blankets, tarps, those kind of things. That's awesome. So what's the mechanism that you guys use to distribute all that stuff to people? So we have both permanent walls and pop-up walls. So kind of let me explain a little bit about the wall. Okay. People often feel like walls are meant to keep people out of places. Our walls are meant to engage people and kind of bring them in. The purpose behind it is it is technically not really a wall. It's either some type of fencing with signage so we can let the community know what it is. Mm -hmm. But 
we want people to be able to come get items that maybe they've been shamed for or they feel worthless or, you know, just bad about themselves because they're not able to get it either for money purposes or maybe they're ill or, or something of that nature. Yeah. So we invite the community to come up and kind of as a pay it forward, just kind of take what you need, leave the rest there for others and pay it forward when you can. And I always let people know that paying it forward is not always something that is monetary. It may be a smile. It may be, you know, helping someone across the street, yes. groceries. You never know where somebody is in their headspace or what kind of day that they're having. And your interaction with somebody may be the only interaction that they have that day, or maybe it's the best interaction that they have that day. And you were able to change their mindset just by being kind. I love that, Holly. There's so many things that you said that, I, that I'd love to touch on a little bit more. I love the idea of, you know, the wall, you kind of flipping this idea of like what a wall is meant to be around. So it's not that barrier that keeps us apart, but it's something that brings people together and brings people in community. And, you know, it really seems like, unfortunately, in our society in general, but I know like in Cleveland specifically, there do seem to be walls up between those in need and, and those that, that have. And just because someone is homeless or is dealing with a particular issue or, you know, maybe can't afford things, it doesn't mean they're any less a part of our community. So I love that that's the, the approach that you take to your work. How did you get into this work and how did you kind of come to that idea of wanting to be more inclusive in terms of getting supplies that people need to them in the community, but also wanting to create this really cool vehicle for helping people to feel included as a part of the community? Well, I always find that experience is kind of the, the best teacher. Mm-hmm. At one point in time in my life, I unfortunately had to go through some really horrific things, and mm -hmm. I lived that life. I was pregnant with my oldest daughter many eons ago, mm -hmm. and I left a domestic violence situation, and it was very difficult to get out of the situation, but when I left, I didn't care about what I left behind. I just wanted yeah. safety. And because I had a job and I was working, unfortunately, I didn't qualify for a lot of the services that were out there. Mm -hmm. I remember having to kind of humble myself and ask for help. And when you go through that and then someone tells you, well, sorry, we can't help you, it makes the situation much worse. Absolutely. So I, you know, have lived under bridges. I have been in the homeless shelters and those types of things. And you just never forget living through that experience. And one of the big misconceptions is that homeless people or all homeless people are uneducated or they are addicts or just getting out of jail or... Right terrible human beings. And that could be farthest from the truth. There's yeah. a lot of really wonderful people that have just fallen on some hard times. And if we think about it, you know, most people don't have a lot of monies in the bank or a lot of things that are saved up. 
and someone is only one paycheck away from being in the same kind of situation. I think that I kind of have created this project for awareness and for people to understand that, you know, there's so many things that are beyond our control that we can't help. Mm-hmm. Such as a car accident or an illness, a stroke, a heart attack, those kind of things that can just happen and somebody not be able to go to work and be in the same kind of situation. So I feel that instead of being so judgmental about people's situations, maybe if we love them a little bit harder or spread kindness a little bit more, yeah, there becomes more understanding. I love that. I think that's amazing. And I love the way that you were able to kind of turn something that was really painful for you and really personal for you into something that's helped thousands upon thousands of people. And I'm sure there are maybe folks in our listening audience and even people that I work with as like a strategist and someone who does a lot of coaching in the social impact space. There are a lot of people who really, you know, the driving force for them giving back and the things that they create in the world is it's, it kind of comes from a place of pain. It comes from a place of I've been here before and I know what this is like and I don't want other people to go through that. Are there any kind of, you know, words of wisdom or words of strength that you might be able to provide for someone who might be kind of on the other side of a painful situation and want to do what you did and turn that into something beautiful that gives back? What would you say to that person? I feel that a lot of times that pain, it, it is a a catalyst and a catapult to, to move things forward. And I guess that I would just have to say that you don't have to be a product of your environment. You Mm -hmm. have the ability to make change. And there are things that are just so small. You don't have to have a lot of money or you don't have to be, you know, extremely rich to make change in the world. And I know that it's kind of, silly, but one of my favorite quotes in the world is Gandhi. You know, it's be the change in the world that you want to see. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's perspective on life is different and everyone's vision for change is different, but you can't have change without at least a step forward. So you have to at least try and all things are, are not successful. You know, I have been very blessed and very lucky with this particular project, but even now with all of the stuff that's out there in social media and all of the things that we've done, mm-hmm. it's still hard sometimes to continue to go forward. You, you wonder if you're making a difference, if it really matters. Are people sick of you being on TV and are people <laughs> sick of you sharing your, your project and, and your pain and your passion? And you just have to know that when it comes from a, a place of kindness and a, a place of love, I don't think the world can ever get too much of that. I totally agree. And I think that's such a great, a great perspective. And I, I too think that every single step forward, no matter how small it is, no matter how incremental, can make such a big difference. And that we as people have such a big role to play in that. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And I know that some of the things that we can tend to, um, to focus on 
as we're as we're building these things, you know, it's like challenges are real. We have things to pay for. We have people to kind of bring in to, to help. So as you were building Walls of Love and as you kind of continue to build it, what are some of the challenges that you've had and how have you been able to overcome those challenges to to continue to be on your forward path? I think the hardest thing is funding, to be yeah. honest. You know, there's so much need out there. And as much as I love my project, there's honestly so many worthy projects out there that that need funding, need assistance, and there just isn't enough to go around. And so I feel that sometimes fundraising it does give you challenges mm-hmm. just just because the the demographics where we are and the the different levels of need is constantly changing so you can't really project or predict it and it changes daily often if not minute by minute mm-hmm. you know things things happen every day to people So we're constantly fundraising, we're constantly in need, but we definitely want people to know we are just so thankful for the things that they do. And I often tell people when they tell me, well, I only have a dollar or I only have $5, I tell them I can work magic with that. So every (laughs) dollar counts and we just do our best to continue to keep reaching out to the community and servicing the communities and those in need to the best of our ability. I love that. And for everyone listening, I will tell you more, actually Holly will tell you more as we get to the end of the interview here about how you can support Walls of Love and the amazing project that she's doing and support people being able to get the things that they need, like she said, without that shame and judgment that we can sometimes inflict on people. So that's coming up in a few minutes here. But I also wanted to ask you, along the lines of challenges that you faced um, when building your vision, where do you see walls of love going in the future? What's your vision for maybe the next year, next five years, next 10 years down the line? Where do you want to see this project? Well, I think I kind of set the bar really high for myself last year. (laughs) Um, When I first started this project, it was not meant to be on the level that it is now. Mm -hmm. I just kind of did it out of the kindness of my heart. It was something that I just wanted to do to give back to the community. I was going to just do one or two of them, you know, put up a few items Mm -hmm. and just kind of call it a day. And, you know, for my particular beliefs, that is not what God had in the plan for me. And he felt that my vision would be better served, you know, catapulting me into the media. And it's kind of grown quickly from there. My one or two walls as of Valentine's Day Friday is now 280 walls. In a a little over a year, we've serviced almost 40,000 people by putting out almost 40,000 items in about 15 months now that we've been, you know, doing this. And I just really want to continue to make this initiative worldwide, you know, across the U.S. is great, but worldwide would be better. I don't think you can ever have too much kindness or too much love out in the world. 
And I've received a lot of positive feedback from as far away as Ireland, Australia, Germany. So people are really interested in the project. It kind of, you know, piques their curiosity. So right now, we have both permanent walls, which are walls that are up here around. And then we also have pop-up walls, which those ones are kind of fun for me because I love for people to just kind of happen upon them. Yeah. And, and then see the things that are up there. And then when people post it on social media and say, hey, look what I found. Or this is really great. You know, those are really fun. We also have walls that are not just in Ohio. We now have walls in Lansing, Michigan, in Denver, Colorado, Richmond, Virginia. I'm getting ready to go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I just got invited to go down to Miami. There's also going to be another one that's going to be going up in a couple months in Louisiana and a couple in Texas. So I'm really looking forward to doing that for this year. And just hoping that it'll continue to grow and hopefully get more people involved in, in wanting to do that and kind of sustain the walls maybe on a more permanent level rather than just the pop-up level. Sure, sure. And it, it's definitely spreading. Like I remember the day that I came across one of your walls in my neighborhood, I was walking home and I saw the wall and all the items. I'm like, oh my God, who did this? Like, this is such an amazing <laughs> idea. And like, lo and behold, like, like a year later, here, here I am talking to the person that did it. So that is amazing. And I think I posted my, uh, the like picture I took on social media too, and like did a whole thing like, this is awesome. And you know, oh, thank you. Much. you know, you can take things and, and give, and it doesn't have to be some sort of crazy groundbreaking revolutionary thing although what i what i think you're doing is revolutionary in and of itself you can take small things and and be able to make such a big difference which neighborhood was i in that was yours it was tremont okay yeah it was tremont so the i saw it right i walked right past tremont montessori school and the mm -hmm. wall was right there and i'm like oh my gosh this is so cool yeah I'm that, gonna have one's to... a, that one's actually a a semi-permanent wall so that that goes up about every other month okay and then the other one that's in Tremont on West 14th that's actually a permanent wall in front of the church I'm gonna have to do, like do a like a pilgrimage like go visit all these walls yes, definitely. yeah and like see the people that are being helped because it's it's really and you know 40 almost 40,000 people like that that's an incredibly large amount of people and some people would say like oh you know you're probably just one person and with a small team but I mean even even with some of the challenges that you faced you know with fundraising and you know of course we're going to talk more about how people can get you um, the money that you need to do what you're doing but still you know 40,000 people that that's incredible. Thank you. You know, I've just been really blessed with this project and I always speak on my volunteers and some of the entities that have helped me just for the simple fact that I'm a very transparent person. Mm -hmm. So I post lots of pictures on social media. I post lots of videos because I want people to see their monies or their items in action. I think it's important. And I also shout out all of my volunteers all the time because without them, I could not do what I do. I'm pretty good at multitasking, but I, I also have a regular nine to five, you know, that okay. I work during the week. So I, I work between 40 and 50 hours a week. 
and then I donate another 40-ish hours of my time to my nonprofit. I have met some amazing people. You know, I work with the Cleveland Metropolitan School District and the kids over at the International School over mm -hmm. by Cleveland State University. And then in Elyria, I work with the at-risk youth for Save Our Children, and they are in charge of doing a wall, and it's a permanent location in Elyria. And these kids are amazing. They have so much fun putting these things out there. I love and it. I have to tell you, I have heard a lot of negativity over the years about youth and the way that, you know, children today, they just are disrespectful. And I just have to definitely disagree with that. Mm -hmm. Because for, for every negative aspect that there is, there is so much more positivity out there that does not get recognized. And I think, unfortunately, the media sometimes, you know, they do what they have to do to sell papers and to grab your attention. But I'm not stating that there's no negative things out there because there definitely is. But I think kind of with me, what you put out into the universe is what you get back. I feel like when you put good karma and you put good things out there into the universe, that's what comes back to you. And that's why it's so important for me with these kids to recognize them and potentially see them as change makers for the future. Yes. And so I want to put them in a positive light because these kids are amazing. They rock. They're wonderful. And they are living some of these things that we talk about, you know, low income, poor socioeconomic, disadvantaged neighborhoods. Sure. But yet they're still taking their time to make change. And yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah, I've actually, um, so the nonprofit that I founded works with youth as well. And I found the same thing. I think that with kids, like you said, there's some negative things out there, but also, I feel like they rise to the level of your expectations, too. Like, if you expect them to be poorly behaved and, you know, expect them to be disrespectful, then you kind of get that back. Like, you get instances that confirm that kind of coming back to you. Right. Um, you know, for, for the students that I've worked with, we set high expectations for conduct and, and behavior. We give them love and direction, and, and they don't disappoint. They're incredible. So, I think with what you're doing kind of introducing them to how they can be change makers and kind of raising the expectations of what it is that they can be and they can do, they don't disappoint because they, they now have something to rise and aspire to, which is super powerful. And I think when you give them power, you know, I feel that when you allow them to make decisions and choices, rather than just dictate to them. Mm -hmm. I, I think it opens up floods and floods of creativity. And I think that's what they need. You're absolutely right. I love how multidimensional this project is. So it's, it's about getting people the things that they need, but you've also got this other angle wherein you're empowering youth to be able to be active change makers, where you're helping to bring the community together through the volunteers that work with you. So I think this project is just so much more than getting basic items to people that need them. It's really something that's unifying the community. 
I try. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing, you're definitely doing it, Polly. Okay. So I know that of course this is near and dear to your heart, but I wonder as you continue to grow and evolve this project and you continue to see kind of more and more things going on in the world, are there any issues specifically that you wish that someone would take on and create some sort of solution or some sort of nonprofit or even business related to helping with that issue? Are there any other issues that are really important to you that you wish people would work on a little more intently? Well, I have a, I have a couple and some of it, you know, kind of aligns with this project. You know, I feel like there's often, as I said earlier, a big demographic that kind of sometimes slips through the cracks. Mm -hmm. And one of them is the elderly. Yeah. And the other is our veterans. And, you know, there's a lot of veterans that are becoming homeless. Mm -hmm. The same thing for the elderly, you know, like the cost of living and things like that, they are rapidly increasing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I feel like the elderly, they're not able to keep up with that change because the prices have steadily increased so much from younger years, so to speak. So I think that we have to also keep that in mind when we're doing things or creating opportunities because one, these people have worked their whole life and definitely need taken care of, but especially the veterans, you know, these are people who at some point in time in their life have written a blank check to the United States and the people to care for us and love us and protect us from, you know, all enemies, foreign and domestic, if you are aware of what that statement is that they do when they sign on. And I definitely think that it's so important that, that we take care of them instead of being negative or, or judging them or their mental health status, even mm -hmm. because of all of the things that they have seen either in combat or trying to protect us in our country. Yeah, I think those are two important issues, definitely. And if there are any listeners out there who are working on those issues and want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing, or if you have ideas about those particular issues and you agree with Holly that those are things that we should be prioritizing, send us an email. It's pmtbpodcast at gmail.com and let us know about what you're doing or what ideas you have and we'd love to feature you on the show. So Holly, I so appreciate you being here with me today. What you're doing is so incredible. I'm so grateful that I get to see it in action, like right here in my own city. And I'm so excited for all the other people who are listening, who are soon going to get to see walls popping up near where they live and can get involved and actually help you to continue to get this across the, across the country and across the globe. How can we support you? We know that of course, fundraising um, is, it can be a barrier when you're doing something like what you're doing. Are there ways that our listeners can give if they're interested? Absolutely. So we do take donations, like physical donations, mm -hmm. but we also try to be as social as possible. We do understand that not everyone lives here and maybe somebody wants us to come to their area and do a wall. We definitely will entertain that. 
We do have a website, which is wallsoflove.com, where people are able to volunteer or make a suggestion of where they think a wall would help their neighborhood. We also take donations, cash donations or checks as donations. We have Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, Zelle. <laughs> we also currently right now have a Facebook fundraiser that is at our Walls of Love page on Facebook that people can donate. We also invite businesses or churches and other entities to either sponsor a wall or become partners with us. We have different levels of partnership and all of them come with obviously different things, but we have the ability to you know, put them on our marketing. We do have t-shirts that, that we sell online. So we twice a year update those t-shirts with the new logos. And then we also put the things up on our website so people can see who our partners are. We're very proud of that and we're very thankful for the support. So those are some of the things that we do. So if anyone is interested in contributing to Walls of Love and really helping thousands and thousands of people be able to get the things that they need, then um, you can find Holly at wallsoflove.com. You can find her initiative on Facebook. She's also on Instagram. And you've got all the different you know, ways of giving. So there are plenty of options for you to be able to support this amazing initiative. Holly, thank you so, so much for being with me today. I really enjoyed this. I'm, um, I'm so excited about what you're doing, and I think you really are like one of our, our hometown heroes, so that it's just awesome to have you on today. So thank you for being a part of our podcast. Well, I definitely thank you for having us and, and highlighting us, and I just want to say that while I appreciate the title of kind of hometown hero, I'm just not really a hero. I'm just <laughs> I'm just a do-gooder. I just want to do good and put it out into the world and make the world a better place. And I can't do it without the people who help me. So they're truly the heroes, not me. I definitely agree with you and I appreciate all that you've done. Thank you so much. Listeners, we will be back with you next week with another episode of People Making Things Better. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Mm-hmm.